Amen. And the blood will never lose its power. Welcome this morning. I want to welcome those of you who are there with us online. If you're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, any of those social media platforms, be sure to heart to like, to share, subscribe, follow us there on Facebook, and retweet us on Twitter. All of that just helps to get the word out uh, and to get our services out there before more people. And also just want to say welcome to those who are on our phone live streaming. Uh, if you need that number, we'll be glad to give that to you. Uh, just see me after church, uh, or you can call our church office anytime uh, during the week. Uh, let me encourage you, if you're at home, uh, you can go to our church website at highlandbaptistchurch.com. Uh, you can go there under the info tab and download today's worship bulletins and the children's worship bulletins as well as the prayer list uh, for this week. So I encourage you to do that. If you need uh, the, the bulletin or the children's worship bulletins, the bulletins are in the windows or the ushers will be glad to come around and give you one. Uh, the children's worship bulletins are in this windowsill uh, to my right, so be sure to pick up one of those. If you are a visitor with us this morning and you have children, we want to encourage you uh, to come down uh, with your kids uh, to Children's Church if you want to bring them. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet out in the hallway there. If you'll just be sure to sign up on that, uh, uh, that way when you pick your kids up, we'll know the right kids are going with the right parents. And so just wanted to remind you of that. And then also if you're a guest, we want to encourage you to pick up one of the larger bags on the sides of the stage or at the doors as you leave. And if your kids want or you want to pick up some for the kids, the little small plastic bags uh, are there to encourage you to take to kids and to give to them to invite them to come for Vacation Bible School. And, and it's also got some toys and things in it for them uh, too. But glad to have everybody that's here this morning. Looking forward to a wonderful worship service. Brother Mike, if you'll come. It was fun looking out over all of y'all that uh, the blood will never lose its power because some of you had this sway to you. <laughs> you can tell you're having a good time this morning. Well, let's start one here with uh, hymn 227. Stand with the choirs. We sing praise him, praise him. Yeah. 
Well, this is our time for our missionary moment. Uh, our missionaries of the week in your bulletin there are Gregory and Chanel Barnes. They are serving uh, there in Maryland. I encourage you to read uh, the article there on them and to be praying uh, for their ministry. But we also wanted to share one final video with you uh, concerning our Annie Armstrong Easter offering and our North American missionaries and giving towards that offering. So encourage you to still pray about that giving, uh, but also wanted you to see this video here. So prayerfully watch. 2020 was, it was, um, it was a time that we can't forget. It was in the midst of the pandemic, and then George Floyd died. And we're in the Twin Cities, so it was like right here. We were meeting at the park, and so we, we would do these services, preach the gospel, and serve our neighbors, and, and give a picture of hope and unity where the gospel tears down these walls that separate us. Because there is a true melting pot in the Twin Cities. You have all these different languages and people groups within just even five, 10 miles. And so we planted the church and the church is called All People's Church. And All People's doesn't mean just ethnically, but it means generationally, it means socially. That was the heart of it. And being in the Twin Cities, being such a melting pot, it felt to me like that would be one of the most powerful apologetics to the world. The hardest thing is probably how slow life transformation takes. And so when people give, they give us church planters something that we really need, and that's time. Because life change is slow, especially if you're trying to um, plant a church where no foundation is laid, as Paul says in the end of Romans. It's slow work, and yet, there is no shortage of people who've joined our church and they're, they're, they're growing in their faith for the first time. And, and that's what's been going on. Someone encounters Jesus and then they go tell people, you know, come and see. And so after doing that for a handful of years in the Twin Cities, the, the world can look and see and say, wow, Jesus is real. And I just, I love that. And so we want to encourage you to still be praying for giving towards that missions offering, but praying for the work there in the Twin Cities also. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the wonderful blessings that you have given to us. Thank you for blessing us that we can be a blessing to others. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you will uh, bless our, our giving in the Annie Armstrong Easter offering to, to seek to reach that goal that is before us. Father, I pray that if we have not given yet, may we uh, be burdened in our hearts to give towards those ministries uh, to help the missionaries uh, like uh, the, the Barnes who are serving there in Maryland and our other missionaries who are serving around North America as well as around the world. And so, Father, we just pray for your blessings upon uh, them as they're gathering to worship this morning too open up the opportunities for them to share the gospel. We pray for your Holy Spirit to be present with them as you're present with us this morning. And we just ask the Lord your blessings on this service today in a special way. We give our hearts, we give our lives to you, and we just ask the Lord for you to show up in a powerful way this morning. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen.
Uh, let me just remind you, too, that you can do your online giving there on the website at HighlandBaptistChurch.com. Go to the far right-hand side and click that Give Online tab. Easy platform there that you can set up to do your regular giving as well as your Annie Armstrong uh, Easter offering giving uh, and encourage you to take the time to do that. You can do that from here in person uh, or you can put it in the envelopes that are there in the pews in front of you or at the walls, at the doors uh, also as you leave uh, this morning. So a uh, couple of things I want to mention is just if you we're going to be having our fifth Sunday sing uh, and dinner next Sunday. So I want to encourage you to come uh, for that. The sing will be Sunday night. So if you want to sing, uh, please let us know. Let myself or Brother Mike know uh, so we can get you on the schedule there uh, for that. It's going to be a wonderful time of singing and praising the Lord uh, that, that night. And then also coming up the following week after that on May the 7th, we're going to be having a question and answer with Uniting for uh, Ukraine. And so I want to encourage you to be praying already uh, still for the Ukrainians and for the Uniting for Ukraine perspective ministry that we're looking at doing. Uh, but that question and answer time is going to be for you to ask your questions. Uh, we encourage you, though, if you would, uh, to write any of those questions down beforehand. You could just place them in an offering plate or in the box outside the office there. There's a thing on the wall on the door there uh, outside Miss Amy's office. So encourage you to put it there. That way we'll know those questions and be better prepared to answer those uh, when we meet that night. So just wanted to remind you of that and to be praying for that, praying for uh, that ministry ministry too, uh, as well as you're praying for your giving to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Brother Mike, if you'll come. Well, with the sermon title of Chosen Today, uh, we felt it necessary probably to sing this song. The next song is What If It Were Today. So join us, join the choir as we sing What If It Were Today. Oh, 
Children's Church will be gathered over on the piano side during this next hymn. And please stand and join with us as we sing 608. We'll work till Jesus comes. <clears throat> 608.
shackles and chains. song. Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 down through verse 13. I've entitled this message this morning, Jesus is coming soon. And he certainly is, as we'll see from this passage this morning. But we're just going to begin here, uh, if you will, with verse 1, uh, and then we'll continue on in just a moment. So let's stand as we read God's word in honor of his word. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word this morning. And we pray, God, that you would light a fire in our hearts, Lord, a passion for telling others before it's too late of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you will stir our hearts to a closer relationship with you. Lord, to remember and to always keep in the forefront of our hearts that we need to be serving you. We need to be serving others and loving others because Jesus is coming soon. And Lord, there's going to come a day when it's going to be too late for us to share anymore. 
anymore. It's going to be too late for people to make a decision anymore. And so, Father, I pray that you will stir our hearts this morning, that if there is one who is here or one who may be watching online who does not know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, Father, I pray that they will come this morning to trust by faith in Jesus. And, Father, I pray that you'll use this passage and use this message in a powerful way. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. And you can be seated. As you know, you certainly can't always believe everything that you read in the news or on the internet. Uh, some of the headlines are absolutely astounding. I ran across some uh, some time back uh, that I jotted down and wanted to share the, these with you. That uh, here, here was a headline that said this: Army vehicle disappears after being painted camouflage. Man accused of killing lawyer receives new attorney. <laughs> here was one that said, and I'll have to spell it out for you to get it. I didn't put it on the screen here, but it said M-I-S-S-I-P-P-I-S. They're supposed to be Mississippi's literacy program shows improvement, but they didn't spell Mississippi correctly. <laughs> Sorry if you're from Mississippi. <laughs> Another one said, homicide victims rarely talk to police. <laughs> this one said, Utah Poison Control Center reminds everyone not to take poison. <laughs> Most earthquake damage is caused by shaking. <laughs> that was a headline. This one said, federal agents raid gun shop, find weapons. <laughs> of course you're going to find weapons in a gun shop. This one said, city unsure why the sewer smells. <laughs> and finally, this one said, dead body found in cemetery. <laughs> what if the newspapers ran this headline, though? Jesus is coming soon. There'd be a lot of people who would mock that kind of a headline. The second coming of Jesus is the greatest prophetic event of the age. There are many things that are important in the Bible, such as uh, the new birth, uh, but that's only mentioned nine times in the Scripture. As Baptists, we believe baptism is important, but baptism is only mentioned 20 times in the Bible. You can't be saved apart from repentance, but repentance is mentioned only 70 times. Here's one that's astounding, though. One out of every 25 verses, the Word of God says, Jesus Christ is coming again. One of the last parables that Jesus ever told in this last week of his ministry as we're going through the life of Jesus here, uh, one of the last two parables he told here dealt with the second coming. Uh, Jesus not only uh, had the sins of the world on his mind before he goes to the cross, but he also had the second coming on his mind. He wanted to make sure his disciples were encouraged that in light of everything that was about to happen with him dying on the cross and being buried in the tomb, that they knew this was not the end. There was still hope for them in the future. And so he wanted to continue to give them that hope. Just like he was serious about the second coming, we also ought to be serious about the second coming. Because in this parable, he gives us three pieces of advice that we ought to take notice of if we're going to be ready for the bridegroom when he comes for the bride. So here's the first point 
that I want you to get this morning from this passage, and that is to be wise, to be wise. Uh, we see this in verse 1 down through verse 6. Now, we've already read verse 1 and verse 2, so let's pick up with verse 3, and we'll go on down through verse 6. Verse 3 says about those foolish virgins, For the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Now, to understand this parable, we need to be careful not to impose our thoughts about what a wedding is upon the text. We need to go back to what was the wedding like in Jesus' day uh, to understand this parable uh, here. So to understand it, you have to understand the Jewish wedding consisted of three parts. First was the engagement. Now, marriages most often were arranged by the fathers of the bride and the groom. The groom's family uh, would provide a dowry to the bride's father, and that money was put in trust to be used by the bride in the event of the loss of her husband uh, through either divorce or death. It wasn't like we have today where uh, you meet somebody, you talk to them, you feel like I'm falling in love with them or I'm not falling in love with them. Uh, everything many times was arranged uh, in the Scripture. Uh, if you go back to the Old Testament and you remember Isaac, uh, when uh, the servant had gone off to find a wife for him, brought Rebecca back. She's on the camel. She comes off the camel and they love on each other and they're married in just a week's time there. And so it wasn't like our weddings today, but so it was many times an arranged wedding. Uh, the engagement, though, amounted to a contract of marriage in which the couple had little, if any, direct involvement in. So that was the first stage was the engagement. The second stage was what was called the betrothal. Uh, this was an actual marriage ceremony where the bride and the groom would exchange their vows before the family and the friends and the marriage was considered to be official. Now the betrothal, that could last for many months, sometimes even up to a year. But as far as society and as far as the law was concerned, the couple was legally married at that stage. The third step was the wedding feast. At a certain time, the bridegroom, accompanied by his attendants, would proceed through the streets, usually at night, uh, to the bride's home to claim the bride. Together, the bride and groom then and all of their attendants, they would uh, make their way, parading back through the streets, uh, proclaiming the wedding feast was about to begin. They would go back to the groom's house for the wedding feast and the physical consummation of the marriage. The procession was usually at night. Uh, and the lamps, they had lamps and they had torches uh, that were many times used for those wedding parties to light their way and also to attract attention to the, to the people who were watching along the way that a wedding feast was taking place. It was this third phase of the marriage that this parable is speaking about because a wedding in that day had those parts there. We've already said the bridegroom and his friends would go from his house to claim the bride uh, from her house. They would come with the attendants. Now, this wedding, as we said, would normally begin in the evening. It could last up to a week. These days, you can't even afford hardly to do a wedding uh, more than two hours, much less to do it as long as they did. And, and so the bride, she knew from the time of the betrothal that the bridegroom was going to come for her. But she never knew precisely when that was going to take place, when he was going to come. Uh, 
And so both she and her attendants were to always be watching, knowing that he could come at any time. They were to be ready for the coming of the bridegroom. Since it was usually at night, they had to make sure they, their lamps and their torches were ready, uh, not only to light their way back to the bridegroom's house, but also to identify that they were members of the wedding party. You know, it's sort of a little bit like when you see a funeral today, uh, the, the procession that's going down the road, we turn our headlights on or we turn our flashers on to make sure people know we're part of the procession that's going to the funeral. Now, I'm not equating a wedding to a funeral, uh, but that's kind of the thing there. They wanted to make sure that people knew they were part of the procession. Uh, and so they would carry uh, these torches and these lamps. That's what verse 5 is saying, that as the bridegroom was delayed, notice what happens. They all became drowsy and slept. So Jesus says an interesting thing there. There's this long delay before the bridegroom came. And all, not just the foolish, but the wise also, all of them fell asleep. Now this brings up a question that needs to be answered. Because remember, the, the fire in your heart that you once had when you were saved probably was a fire, a passion within your heart. And, and, and 